morning, everyone. You are listening to the Master Gardener Hour. My name is Kate Copsey, and I am the host of the show. We cover many different topics in gardening in this show and talk to many different gardeners and garden professionals. This morning, we are going to be talking to Al Benner about gardening with kids. Good morning, Al. Good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm doing very well. And I guess um, let's start with um, getting kids involved in the garden. Um, because you've got twin boys, is that right? That's correct. We have twin, not just nine-year-old boys. Yes. And so why was it important to, to you particularly to, to get them outside and interested outside? Well, I think it's always been that way for me. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family uh, where my father was a professor of ornamental horticulture uh, at, a, at a college in Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley College. And, and basically, uh, all my life, my dad had his summers off, and we always had a vegetable garden, and he, was, he had, uh, you know, moss gardens and wildflower gardens. So I was always out in nature and out in the garden, and I sort of was in my blood. So as a dad... I felt like I needed to sort of pass on that tradition and pass the baton on to my boys. And so since they've been able to crawl, they've been crawling around, uh, you know, in a vegetable garden or up a peach tree or wherever, wherever it is. And as a result, I think they really are, are very open to trying all kinds of food. They eat, they eat really well. They eat all kinds of stuff. And, and I really think that has a lot to do with being exposed to it from a young age. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously life has very much changed from when we were kids to when your kids were around. And, you know, I've, I've got four boys, so, you know, I can associate with, um, you know, the trees and things like that. But there, there are so many distractions for them now. By the time they've done school and they've done after school activities and, you know, both distractions for kids, I guess, and parents. Um, so, I guess, why do you think it's important maybe um, for learning about the outside and maybe where it should be prioritized with all these other pulls of, of people, you know, parents have jobs and things like that? Well, it's a good point. I, I did, uh, I did, I've done a few shows with Powerful Plants, my, my new brand for kids, and, and basically I was at a science teacher's conference in Chicago a couple months ago, and I, and I ran out of seed pack samples. My, I barely could ever get to the men's room. My booth was like swamped, and I think that the teachers recognized the value in the kids getting outdoors and into the garden and into nature because really – in my opinion, I, I've said this a couple times before, but I think the garden is one of the greatest classrooms around because there's so many different things uh, that you can learn there, you know, whether it be, you know, about the various plants and, and, and the food that's growing. But not only that, the soil, there's, there's a lot of math, science, and just observation going on that doesn't go on in many of the other passive forms of entertainment the children now get involved with, whether they be, you know, television or video or, or what have you, this is more active and they have to observe and they have to be engaged. And uh, I do think there's also something visceral about putting one's hands in the soil and touching plants and, 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 and watching things grow. My, my son Coleman, uh, who I think has the, the farm, <laughs> the plant gene passed on through, from, from me, I guess, about a month ago, he just out of nowhere in the car said, "Daddy, I, I really feel the urge to, to to plant something, you know, to get my to get to start growing something, you oh. know, like and it was springtime, you know, we really hadn't gotten much going yet. This is maybe a couple months ago, and he just said that out of nowhere, and you know, I found that to be really, really pretty powerful. Oh yes, I mean, in fact, if one of mine had done that, I would have probably fallen <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that, their idea of uh, being out, outdoors, you know, I seem to remember one time I tried um, building one of those little teepees with, um, you know, different things. And, uh, you know, we put the seeds in the ground, but they got bored halfway through that. And then we tried watering it. Well, I don't know what yours are like, but, you know, the, wa- the hose uh, to water these things, you know, Within minutes, it was on each other. I mean, what? Right. The- <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah. No, I know that 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 still goes on all the time. But and the the level, the time for, you know, the amount of the, the tension span for focusing is somewhat minimized. You know, so I mean, I had a birthday party where we planted seeds here, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, or actually about a month ago now, and you know, I had their attention for maybe fifteen twenty minutes, which I guess it, in the span of a birthday party for a bunch of eight and nine year olds was pretty darn good. Um, I, I keep hearing reports back now, though, that. Oh, so and so brought his uh, his pepper plants into the, into school and was showing everyone. Or this kid hasn't ever taken care of anything in his life, but he's watering every single plant. I, I keep hearing all this, and I'm like, wow. So it's really it reinforces the fact that kids do have this sort of, I think, inborn um, affinity for living things, be it animals or plants, and food and, and nature. And I think that it's been sort of overlooked of late. And and there's a and I think. You know, we're all to blame in a sense that it's just, I think it's something that's important and we should get back to it more personally. Yeah. Um, and I know, obviously, um, there's been a lot of interest from schools uh, putting in, you know, it used to be the butterfly gardens and now they're doing edible gardens. But what did you maybe think, what, what was missing maybe um, that was available in the market? place in general um because obviously as i say in schools they've been been doing this for for quite a while now i mean has the industry just not responded to engaging kids in the right way because i i I know that a lot of the conferences i've been to you know people are trying to get kids involved and how to do it where were we missing the boat that you felt was a, a a gap maybe that you could fill well, that's a really great question. That sort of brings me to Powerful Plants, this brand that I've created. Um, you know, it, it was interesting because my initial thought for all this was I saw my kids playing with these Pokemon cards, which are a big, you know, popular thing for kids. And, and they're fine. I don't have a problem with them. But I, did, I just saw them as sort of there wasn't a whole lot of learning there involved. It's kind of a dead-end street. There's a little math and some socialization with other kids with trading. But there wasn't anything there, really. And then I thought to myself, wow. What if we came up with cards that were cool plant characters? And, you know, my boys and I, you know, messed around with names for a while and finally found, fell on the name Powerful Plants. And, you know, as things evolved, you know, so I, then I started to write a book, and, I, and we have an interactive book now. But what all happened was sort of happenstance all along was the educational piece kind of really exploded when I met a guy named Larry Miller. He owns a company called Edutainment Systems here in Philadelphia through a mutual friend. And Larry has a technology he's been working with for several years. He's very much on the leading edge of it. It's called augmented reality. And some of the listeners may know this technology in the education uh, field or, or have kids because it's becoming more popular where you can view uh, you know, images with an app uh, and they will actually then animate. They will, they will think of a barcode or a QR code when it's when the app through your smartphone or tablet sees this the camera sees this image it then plays a video from the app that's been preloaded into the device and when when that when at first I was like wow I really just like to read a book I I don't see what the advance and then all of a sudden it just completely dawned on me that this was the way to connect kids to plants and the outdoors and all the amazing learning and I've done it in a fun way with these powerful plant characters be it in the book 
or on the seed packs, the kids view them and they come to life. And the, and the neat thing is we have it set up so where they have to answer questions as they move along. That's completed in the books and it will be done soon in, with the seed pack. So this way we know they're retaining what they're viewing. It's actually fun for them, too. They get feedback. You know, the characters speak to them. Uh, you know, like right answer or wrong answer. And we have it. It's very engaging and entertaining. And what I'm finding is this is the bridge. You know, kids love technology now. It's not going away. It's out there. And I've sort of embraced it and used it as a bridge to the outdoors. And I already have several of my boys' friends, and we just launched this spring, but they're starting gardens uh, two blocks away. They put in eight raised vegetable beds. Uh, this this family was one of our early sponsors on Kickstarter, and the, the kid knows the, this kid Jack Peter. He knows every single thing. I, I quizzed him on on the stuff. You know, I spent months putting together all this this learning. It's about three hours of learning with all the vegetable seed varieties. There's 36 of them. He answered every single question that I had on on this bike ride I was on last weekend with his family for my boy's birthday party. It was incredible. The, the kids retain it. And they're interested in it. And, and it, and it's really, really exciting for me moving forward with the brand because I think there's a tremendous potential here. Yeah, and um, you know, gir- girls obviously have different ideas to boys, and certainly, uh, you know, the video world took a, a long time, even if they even got there, to get something that would appeal to girls. Um, so, how does um, does that same effect between the girls and the boys affect the gardening side as well, or is it kind of an equal opportunity mess in the dirt i think it's an equal opportunity um and the reason i say that is because the feedback so far has been very positive i i have asked this my friend uh, tim about you know with this boy jack peter's sisters who are you know like seven and five and i said well how did it go with them he said oh same thing you know they looked at every single one um and that's been what i've been seeing across the board it sort of doesn't seem to matter the, the characters are very playful and funny and, and and but at the same time they're not it's not sort of cheesy or it's real it's really solid information uh you know probably even a little advanced for some kids but i i sort of took the liberty with it of making it any anybody from pre-k could watch it up to i've had junior high and middle schoolers say oh this is sick you know which means really cool <laughs> partly because of the technology but there's also i even have adults sitting there watching it as much or more than kids. I learned a tremendous amount about all the different vegetables, for example, the nutritional values, the historical, uh, you know, where they came from. It was really, uh, it was a ton of work. It was almost two years of my life to put this all together, but it was, uh, in the same time, was a lot of fun. And, And I know there's a tremendous amount of learning content here for the kids, and the question is how to get it in front of them. And, and of course, it gets healthy food into the kids because we know when they're growing it, they tend to want to eat it, which is um, obviously the ones in the supermarket. You know, I mean, the variety is, is getting definitely better, and there are better supermarkets and modest ones. But you know, it is it's de- definitely the nutrition when it's two minutes old is is considerably higher than something that's been in a packet trucked from we, we don't know where. <laughs> That's so true. There was a study done uh, by Rodale Institute, I think it was about three years ago, and what I recall was that it said that 98% of the kids that grow their own uh, vegetables will eat them, which is pretty compelling in and of itself. The other thing I will say about that is that, you know, the studies also show that uh, our soils have been dramatically depleted, uh, you know, in the industrial farm model. So micronutrients are really lacking in a lot of our 
vegetables and produce to the point where it's almost half of the values they were when our grandparents were eating from the supermarket. So, you know, it, my kids and I, we notice a huge taste difference uh, when we grow it ourselves in a really healthy soil compared to even even some of the organics in the vegetable stores like or in the you know in the grocery stores like you said it's been sitting there it's part of it uh, the other part is just the soil the soil is really the key if you have the microbial uh, load there which you really want to have that's the bridge that allows the the roots to absorb all those nutrients without all the microbes which are now missing in a lot of our industrial farms the the micronutrients can't you know move into the plant so yeah. we're one of the first societies ever to be uh, overweight yet malnourished, which is kind of disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And for saying it's the rich- richest areas. But, uh, but you know, we, we have to go for our first commercial break here. Um, but we will be back talking more about gardening with kids with Al Benner on the Master Garden Hour. We will be back in just a moment. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Master Gardener Hour. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at the Master Gardener Hour. And if you miss any shows, you can find archives at americaswebradio.com webpages. And you can find them on iTunes and Stitchers. We're talking gardening with kids with fellow, fellow parent of boys, Al Benner, who has twin nine-year-olds. Um, and the book, Al, um, talks about not just vegetables, but um, trees and plants too. Um, so why did you decide maybe to cover such a large uh, amount in one book rather than um, I guess um, to make a, a just on the vegetables well it, you know I guess it was because of my father probably I was exp- I was an ornamental horticulture major myself so I, I had a background in you know a lot with not a knowledge of trees and shrubs and and uh, you know wild plants and you know we were always out my dad read the Yule Gibbons book so we were always out harvesting wild plants so you know on hikes with my boys we would always I would point out things to them and I think a lot of these characters sort of evolved out of you know walking around and looking at things and said oh that would be a cool character and then the boys would actually help me sort of mock up designs for them we'd come up with names and uh it was, fun. it was a fun thing to do together. I, I did the lion's share of it, but they're, they're certainly a great sounding board for, I mean, they're kids, right? So it was, it was kind of a, a fun thing. So I think I came up with some of the ones that had some cool elements to them, um, or maybe I just 
honestly, some of them, the names sounded great. Um, you know, like Douglas Fur. I mean, what a great name, right? That his first name is Douglas, and he's a news reporter for Powerful Plants, and he's got a very deep voice like this. He sounds like James Earl Jones. So, uh, you know, those, that's sort of how it how it happened. Yeah, uh, but but you also include some that are poisonous. Um, is it important, maybe? Um, to bring those to the kids' attention, everything from poison ivy to some of the poisonous uh, berries that are out there. Correct. Uh, one of the characters, which is a favorite with young boys, and, and who wouldn't like this one, and if you get a copy of the book or check out our website, I think there's an image up there somewhere. The this character is called Doll's Eye, and it's she's a she's a, a, a gal, uh, you know. But she, you know, that that plant, if anyone's familiar with it, is a shade loving perennial with little uh, white berries that have a black dot in the center looks like an eye and boy my artist in Romania who's just incredibly talented he had a field day with that character because now the eyes became you know more like real eyes and they had blood vessels and the the thing wobbles around and looking around and, and, and kids are just like really drawn to it but we do let them know that doll's eye berries are poisonous and and we talk about you know elderberry having you know great healing powers and all these things, but that also the shoots and, and leaves and, and roots and things can be far poisonous actually as well. So, you know, even though the berries are edible when cooked, you know, they need to know these things. So we, we kind of don't, I never pulled any punches on the information. I was pretty straight up about all the different plants. Yeah. And, you know, thing, things like the willow and things, um, you know, I mean, those are just fun, I guess, characters and the, the, the historical side of it as well, and what people used to use it for. Because I think, um, you know, a, a lot of kids don't even associate these days pharmaceuticals, for instance, with plants, um, where, where you find that there are actually quite a lot that uh, originated in plants. Sure. Uh, it's, it's enormous, really. Even even today, a lot, of the, a lot of the things still come from plants or well, medicines come from plants or are simulated to, to you know, to be like what was produced by nature but one of the characters there is like you mentioned weeping willow and we talk about how the native people would use the twigs uh that's where salicylic acid comes from is the uh the inside the bark under the cambium layer there of of willow twigs and it was used as a a painkiller uh and still would work you know if you were to chew on willow twigs so and weeping willow is the particular willow we selected because she's sort of saddened by how we've been mistreating our environment, and she talks about that, and we, we talk about sensitive issues, and we even touch on things like fracking and, and uh, you know, climate change. And, and so we, we expose kids to all of it and sort of let them, you know, make up their minds about what they think about it. But, but Weeping Willow will, you know, uh, she, drip, she has a tear, a couple tears towards the end of one of her segments talking about all this. So that's how the book sort of starts out and sets the stage for, you know, children to help be aware of these things and to try to help protect uh, the environment. And, and so, certainly, you know, some of the ones in, in there, you know, you, you're, um, you're bringing the, these ideas to them. Um, but there is actually a, a, a basic storyline, and, and you're weaving all these together. Um, so I, I guess the, the plants in the book, um, were they all... I mean, you've only got a certain number in this first book. Um, do, do you go through the, through the history with all of them, and then when you um, use the app, it gives you some more history to them? 
Well, the app, what the app does, we, we can certainly do, we can layer in as much information as we want, which is the beauty of the app. Uh, we've even talked recently, Larry and I, and we're going to actually pitch this to some media companies and TV uh, you know, channels to see if someone's interested in picking this up as a, um, you know, as a series, because I think there's something like this is much needed on today's uh, TV programming. I mean, my boys and I even, we just chuckle about how bad a lot of these cartoons, I mean, at least when I was a kid, the cartoons were well done, the animation was good, and it was, it was kind of funny, some of the stuff and entertaining. Now it's like round blobs with mouths, that, with gums that flap, with pretty bad uh, humor, and it's pretty, pretty sad, so... Um, you know, I, I didn't mean to get off course there, but I just thought I'd, I'd mention that because, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to think about how things have really changed from, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, at least. It just seems, seems so different. Um, so restate that for me again because I, 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 met, I forgot where I was going with that for a second. <laughs> That that's okay, um, and you know it's um, you know and and it's so much fun I think when kids have something that is interactive. And is there maybe is that because I mean you mentioned the guy in Pennsylvania? Um, is it because technology now has caught up and and can produce books that are just so different? Um, Rather than, I mean, you've got it in a physical sense. Was there any thought maybe of just having it on the iPad or something or a, an e-reader where they could just get it along the way? We, we, we have that capability to do, uh, to just do a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a basically a, uh, on Kindle, they could download the book. We haven't put it up there yet in that way because the, the, sort of the, the, the really neat aspect is the augmented reality where you look at the character and then they come to life once you answer the questions. That's the key thing about the book is right now the way it's set up is they're quizzed on what they just read and they can't bring the scene to life uh, on the, on each, in each chapter until they've answered the questions. We actually can score the questions and we have prizes and contests around not only that but designing the next character and, uh, you know, there's, there's a other contest. That, that contest is launching very soon. We have other contests coming out soon thereafter. So our whole idea is to have contests and prizes where children get excited about this and, you know, want to learn even more. And we, we can layer in as much uh, learning as, 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 as possible. And we're really looking to, to build a, a complete educational platform around the characters and the brand and the vegetable seeds and the book and you know, we're, we're working with some educate, educators and consultants right now that are, you know, we're starting to formulate a plan for a STEM-based learning uh, program for elementary schools, uh, elementary teachers particularly. So that's something I'm, I'm very excited about. We think it could be a, a real platform for, edu- for education. Oh, yes. And I think if it's something that, you know, the kids can get excited with, because, I mean, kids these days, they are for the most part, pretty technologically um, savvy. And, the, and I would imagine just reading a book doesn't cut it any longer. Right, and I, and I think that that, I think my, my boy still, my one son really does enjoy reading, and I think that's really awesome. But I think there are a lot of kids where if you can sprinkle it with a little technology, uh, and, and what, I'm, what we're calling it is edutainment. So what's happening here, we're finding, is they're learning an awful lot of really important information about you know, the environment, their own health, and all these really interesting plant facts and, you know, and, and about all about healthy eating habits. And they don't even, they almost don't even realize it because there's these cool characters that are talking with them, uh, you know, and, and that's what's, 
I think really powerful about powerful plants is just is is that this the fact that the kids can interact we've even we can even do do things where if there was a show the kids could be at home interacting through the app with the show so they could be answering questions they could be getting they could be scoring like you know stickers they can do all kinds of interesting things using the augmented reality uh, so there's a lot of potential here for the learning piece of it i never want to deviate as long as it's learning, learning and fun, and you know, and but but I don't want to separate and make it just fun and sort of dumb it down. The brand will always stay in my mind. I, you know, I come from a long line of educators, and I really believe that the educational piece is just is really really critical to me. Yeah, and you know, the the, the vegetable characters are just wonderful. Um, but you also have um, bad guys. Um, am I right that all the bad guys are the humans and yes. the good guys yes. are the things out there? <laughs> right. um, so so we're all the bad guys, right? <laughs> we are. We are. We got the name. I came up with these names, which I, I think are pretty cool. Uh, the head. Well, the group, the gang of bad bad guys is called the. They're called the Selfish Seven. And they are humans. They have not all been formally introduced in the first book. The, the, there's two of them that have been sort of put out there. One is Grendel Greed, and he is the lead bad guy. Because my perspective on life these days is that greed is sort of a, a primary driver of a lot of the, the the things in our in our world that aren't good. And then if you really boil it all down, it usually comes down to greed. So Grendel Greed is the lead bad guy, and then we have. Um, mean Gene is the, the, the one um, uh, Selfish Seven character that's featured in this first book, which is called The Carrot Napping. And in this story, uh, Dawkus, which most folks would know is Latin for carrot, uh, Dawkus, the carrot character, is carrot-napped, and he is taken to a secret lab where they're going to do some genetic testing on him to see if they can get him to produce more carrots per acre. And Mean Gene is uh, in the laboratory with a juicer, and they're about to... Uh, Render Dawkins into a, a glass of carrot juice, and his buddies Puffball um, and Musclewood, two of the other characters, come in and uh, and rescue him. And and you know the neat thing is is that Puffball blows a big spore cloud, and under the spore cloud they are able to go in and pull him out. And so kids really seem to like that. You know, you know, stomp on a Puffball and you get a big cloud of spores and. And that's that's all you know in the book. Yeah, and so even even your um, your poisonous characters aren't um, the bad guys. It's always the the deadly seven type of thing, which which I, I think is is great because. You know, just because a plant is poisonous to humans and sometimes to animals doesn't mean to say it's not got a benefit in the environment. That, that's right. Yes, correct. We, we even mentioned that about poison ivy, for example. Poison ivy is sort of one of the more sinister plants um, in, in the story, and she, you know, she's introduced. And but we do talk about how her ber- her berries are very beneficial to certain birds in the fall. They are survival food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think that, yeah. but birds can certainly so, yeah. so, so, uh, yeah. without any yeah. problem. Yeah. And I think, you know, everything in the environment is probably important. But, uh, but you know, we need to take another quick commercial break here. But when we come back, we'll be back with more with Gardening with Kids with Al Benner on the Master Garden Hour. We will be right back. I'm Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I'll be hosting a new program here on America's Web Radio. We call it the prologue. Now, you may not yet be familiar with me or my work, and that's the point of the whole show. There are many talented writers out there that you haven't heard of yet. 
Now, a prologue is an introduction to a piece of literature or perhaps music, and its intention is to hook you into the story or that piece of music. In today's cluttered world of new authors and books, it can be costly and time-consuming to sample everything that's out there. That's where my new show can help. I'll introduce you to the author and their book in an hour-long discussion that just might interest you and entertain you. We hope long enough that you'll want to buy the writer's book. So join me, won't you, right here starting June 12th and continuing on Fridays after that at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on America's Web Radio. That's the prologue with Doug Dahlgren. I look forward to meeting you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. back listening to the Master Gardener Hour. I am the host of the show, Kate Copsey, and this morning we're talking gardening with kids with Al Benner, who wrote a charming book for kids um, that has a little twist that brings out all these vegetable characters and trees to life. Um, But we've talked a little about the attention span of kids and how the characters come to life. But let's talk a little about the introduction of political issues um but for instance the the gmo and the fracking and uh, why did you think it's important to introduce these topics well i think the main reason is i've just been sort of i have a farm we have a farm in northeastern pa which is thankfully in the delaware river basin which is still closed to fracking but just to the west of us they've been drilling all over the place and and fracturing the you know the shale for for natural gas. I don't like to call it natural gas because it is methane gas, which is, uh, you know, 10 times the warming or more the warming potential of, uh, of CO2. So it's it's something that is made to look very natural and friendly and great, but there's also a huge downside because if it, if it breaches into the aquifers, it can completely ruin water supplies, and it has done that. Um, so I just felt like, you know, folks need to know more about this, and thankfully that, that awareness has been you know, and it has, has really uh, increased over the last four or five years about fracking, uh, you know, in, in general. But it is something that I talk about, you know, in the book. Um, and, you know, I think actually one of the bad bad guys, Selfish Seven characters, is uh, uh, Fracking Frank. If I, mean, I think I got the name right. He, he's just maybe mentioned briefly, but he's not brought into the story quite uh, as of yet. But I felt like it was just important to talk about these things. GMOs, I touch on it, obviously, because the, the character, Dawkus the Carrot, is, you know, carrot-napped, and they're going to try to change his genes around. Well, this is stuff that, you know, a lot of countries have banned, and the United States continues to allow it. And people, I think children should at least know what's going on. You know, they at least deserve the opportunity to make up their own minds about it. So I, I'm just creating awareness is the way I is the way I see it. So, so you, you look at it as being kind of a, a first introduction to these topics um, that they may not, their parents might not know about them either. Um, so, so are you are you hoping that maybe the parents will take note of this um, and learn a little more about it and use it as maybe a first stepping stone to learning? Um, yeah, I, I think that that's that's great. However, the parents want to weigh in. Some parents may have already you know, weigh in one way or the other to begin with. I think it's um, it's nice that the kids are going to be interacting with us and say, hey, well, 
what's what's that what is he talking about that you know i don't know anything about that and then it kind of puts the parent on the hot seat a little bit to you know at least become knowledgeable or at least share and get the conversation going you know like there's not everything is black and white about fracking and and gmos there's you know not everything's horrible and not everything's certainly not everything's good but they're you know i think talking and, and getting it out there and, and discussing it um you know is, is a good thing and, and the cre- just creating awareness is important yeah and and of course the the age of um the kids i guess um is is that maybe i mean obviously a preschooler wouldn't understand even the wording of of this so so this would be appropriate for elementary older elementary kids um to learn about well i've i've found that it's it's because of the animation, the way the characters come to life, young children are also very uh, captivated by the characters. There may be uh, a few things that in the book is more focused on these political, uh, I wouldn't say political, socio, yeah, socio-political <laughs> environmental issues, but they're just a, they're just a part of it. Uh, but on the seed the packs, which we talk mainly about, uh, you know, where the plant, where the vegetables, you know, came from, uh, where what they're used for, uh, the nutrition, why it's good for you, how it keeps you healthy, and, and what you can what you can do with it, how you preserve it, how you cook it, and that's the, the, I'm trying to take it full circle from you know where did it come from to where do you cook it and everything in between, and, and in two to three minutes with each seed pack, there's a tremendous amount of information packed in there, and we don't just show the character like flapping their gums, we we float in about twenty to thirty images through each of the, and a few video clips through each of these uh, characters so that it really keeps moving. And once we layer in the question and answer portion with the vegetable seed packs, that's going to even make it more dynamic and engaging for the kids to keep their attention. Yeah. Um, and I know that, um, you know, learning um, the things in, in this book um, with videos and things, can they associate, I mean, it's fun seeing faces in an elderberry, but does that actually help them go out and find an elderberry? And we're assuming that they have that, the reality to know it's not going to have a face in it. Um, but does it help, help them maybe observe a little more out there because you've introduced the, it to them? I think I think definitely with each of the characters, we also have you know lots of uh, the, the photos of the actual plant or vegetable. So during each of these chapters in the book or on each of the seed packs, lots of pictures are floated in of the plant. Um, you know, many more obviously with the vegetable characters, uh, but but with the with, with the with the trees and shrubs and vines and all those and native plants. Yes, lots of photos so that they when they're in nature. All of a sudden, they're going to go. Oh, that's a you know my my one son Owen. He knows a lot of his trees and shrubs. He probably just has an affinity to it, but but he's interested and and you know they like coming up with new characters. I mean, the whole idea here is just to get them excited about plants. And honestly, I don't. I think if we don't do something like this, that we're going to have a generation that doesn't know anything about the outdoors and it's going to be completely disconnected from you know nature, plants, and and where our food comes from. And that's really scary. Oh, yes. And I think, you know, where, where the food comes comes from, and I say it travels so far these days, um, and being able to grow, grow your, your own, is, I think, is, is important. And does this actually, though, do you, do you envision that this will help them um, encourage them to actually, I mean, they're not going to grow bug mum, mum and dad for an elderberry bush, but they, they could do it with the carrots. They could actually grow the carrots. 
Well, yeah, I was at I was at this uh, teachers' con- science teachers' conference in Chicago, and a woman, you know, people were packing up, picking up packs right and left as samples, and a woman came back the next day with her young son. Or no, actually, her son wasn't with her, but she told she shared the experience from the night previous. She downloaded the our free app, and then she basically uh, they had the kale character, Dino Kale, right? And he's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur kale, and he roars and comes to life with a British accent, and he's. He's one of our more engaging characters. Well, her four-year-old or however old he was, he would not stop talking about kale. He made his mom. They had to go to the store and get kale because it's so good for you, and he wants to get – he wouldn't stop. You know, she said, this is great because I never could get him interested in, in, in you, know, you know, vegetables before, let alone kale. And now he wants to eat kale. And oh. I, these kind of things keep – People keep telling me these stories, and I'm just launching the brand, and hardly anyone knows about powerful plants yet. So I'm, uh, I'm excited and encouraged by the few that have been exposed to it, the stories that I'm, that I'm hearing back. You know, it's pretty exciting. Oh, yes. And, you know, as I say, the, the, the characters, and, and I think because the technology now um, is able to do it. Um, I mean, what, what actually fascinated me was how the faces and things and the characters are actually morphed into the picture of the trees or, or whatever. Um, and then they, they can come to life and talk about um, what, what they are. Um, and I think that that's kind of a, a great um, advantage now with technology. You couldn't have done this 15 years ago. Gosh, no. And, you know, like I said before, I had no idea what – at first I was like mad lunch with this guy, Larry, about this, you know, augmented reality technology, this animation and all. And I walked out of there going, man, I don't know how this is going to work with powerful plants. And, and you know, I originally was going to do trading cards and my book. And then I, somewhere along the line I said, wait a second. I can layer in all this education and make it fun, and that's when the bell went off, and that's when I realized that that was the way to go. And so the rest is sort of history as it relates to this brand. But the, the educational piece is critical, and you know, by having these really fun and, and whimsical characters that are really cool, um, y- you know, and different it, accents and things that you that you bring in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. uh, it's been a lot of fun. It, almost two years of my life uh, <laughs> developing all this and and my artist is in Romania and he's um, he's just incredibly talented I met him I met him just on a fluke design he was on I was on this program called 99 designs and he was making a logo for me for something else and I was catching this idea and I just said to him Soren you know are you interested in drawing up a couple characters and, and here's what I'm thinking of doing you want to get in on the kind of ground floor of this sort of as a partner and uh, I just really like the guy. And we've had the greatest relationship all through email. His English isn't great, but we were able to do all the, He's done all the artwork and all the animation from Romania. Um, and he's just been, he's a, he's a recognized artist in his country. He's, a, he's incredibly talented. Uh, yeah. But it's been really interesting and fun working with him. And, and yes, and, and the pictures in, in the book and the graphics in, in the book, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in the last segment. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is. It's, it's a fun book to, to, I think it would be great for kids um, and, co- and colourful. And how, you, how many different, um, I guess, vegetables do you have? And you, the, the actual seeds are just vegetables, aren't they? I mean, you're not sell- selling elderberry plants yet. No, not yet. All, all we have right now in the way of seeds are the vegetables. There are 36 uh, varieties. They're all primarily heirlooms, non-GMO seeds. I originally had a USDA organic label on there, but I I decided I should pull that off because there was a handful of these that I just couldn't get 
um, you know, that were certified organic because there's 36 heirloom varieties, which are in and of themselves hard to get. Most of them are organically grown. They're all, you know, non-GMO, so they have a non-GMO label on there. But I can tell you that the seeds are incredibly prolific. I, myself and friends that have planted them, they come up like crazy. We have some in some raised beds right here and then up at our farm, and they're, everything grow, they're growing incredibly well. So that's very exciting to me. I mean, I selected a lot of these varieties because of flavor and, uh, you know, the, the facts that, that, that kids are going to be drawn to them. Tom Thumb Pea grows short. Snow White Tomato not only has a great name, but those yellow, pale, pale yellow cherry tomatoes are probably the most flavorful uh, tomato in my mind, and my kids eat them like candy off the vine. So oh, they, yeah. these are the kind of plants I selected because of those reasons. Yeah. And, and actually what I've, ju- I've just noticed, you, you um, on the back of them, you actually do have the botanic name on them, which That's I think correct. is... correct, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, was that a purposeful thing that you wanted to put that the botanic name on there? I did, because there are some some children that surprise me all the time. Uh, for example, the boy I was talking about earlier that, that memorized everything from the, the, the packs. He was, you know, the characters, like, listening to them. Um, he's the kind of kid who's going to look at that pack and then remember the darn Latin name. And you know what? If he does that, that's awesome. And so yeah. I said, you know what? Why not put it on there? I, I don't believe in dumbing down things for children. There's a lot of that, I think, going on these days where... You know, everyone's got to be the same. It's all sort of vanilla. Everyone's, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Put it out there. Don't treat them like little kids. They, they surprise me all the time <laughs> that comes out of their mouths and what they're willing to retain and, and, and take on. So yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, I try to, I try to keep stuff there that's going to keep them really engaged oh i i think so um but you know we need to take our final commercial break here but come back everyone and listen to more about powerful plants with author al benner and we will be right back affordable health insurance was the promise of obamacare but for many the government mandate caused more problems than it solved this is dr elena george from medicine on call and i want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under obamacare liberty health share Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. I'm Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. I'll be hosting a new program here on America's Web Radio. We call it The Prologue. Now, you may not yet be familiar with me or my work, and that's the point of the whole show. There are many talented writers out there that you haven't heard of yet. Now, a prologue is an introduction to a piece of literature or perhaps music, and its intention is to hook you into the story or that piece of music. In today's cluttered world of new authors and books, it can be costly and time-consuming to sample everything that's out there. That's where my new show can help. I'll introduce you to the author and their book in an hour-long discussion that just might interest you and entertain you, we hope, long enough that you'll want to buy the writer's book. So join me, won't you, right here starting June 12th and continuing on Fridays after that at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here 
on America's Web Radio. That's the prologue with Doug Dahlgren. I look forward to meeting you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. hope you're enjoying the Master Gardener Hour this morning. We have been talking about powerful plants with Al Benner. And Al, um, this book is obviously geared to to kids. um, And in fact, your two helped um, create it, maybe. Um, And it's called The Carrot Napping. Um, You've woven the story into the along with the introduction of the characters, is that right? And, and this poor little carrot is gro- growing in a field and somebody yanks him out and goes, puts him in a laboratory. Is that the gist of the story? <laughs> that, that, that's correct. And that, that's woven throughout uh, the book because there's all these other characters and plants that are introduced, but that's sort of the storyline that weaves through other characters that are introduced and their uses. And so there's the whole educational piece, but then there's the fun story about Dawkus the carrot woven through the story. Yeah, and and we talked a little about um, you know the technology in this. I mean, you just get an app on the phone and, and point it at these characters, and the whole character comes to life. Um, um, but you can you read the book if for people that don't maybe have an iPhone? Can you read the book um, just as a book in and of itself? Sure, you totally could. Uh, the the only thing is that I guess the 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 the, this, the final portion of each chapter does come about when they when they aim their device at the character and then she or he sort of finishes that chapter so i would say that it's it certainly can be done um but i think you know if they can find someone that has uh you know a smartphone or tablet that they can it's a free app on powerfulplants.net they just download it um it takes maybe three or four minutes and once you have it you simply you know, launch the app on your device, and then, and then the cameras. Your camera is going to come up. It's going to engage your camera, and you just hold it, uh, hold the seed pack or book page in front of the camera on your on your phone or or tablet, and then it's going to. You're going to see the character come to life right on the seed pack or on the page of the book. It's and and it's does, amazingly it, does it does it does it work on on all smartphones and um, on all tablets? It, it does on most of them. We just actually got it up to work on Kindle, which was exciting. Uh, some of the older, um, it, it works on most all Android phones, unless it's a really ancient one. The the iPhones, it's pretty much the 4S or newer. So if you have a really old, if you have an older iPhone, like the regular 4G or whatever, and older, these are, most people don't have those anymore, but there are some people that do. Uh, the, the, the problem is the app's quite sizable. It's about 500 megs. So it's not; it doesn't really work right with those older, really older iPhones. But those are becoming fewer and further between these days. So most all Android phones it works with, and most of the newer iPhones. Yeah. And actually, and, I've and got I've tablets. got one of the packs here. I don't I don't know whether the mic will pick it up. Being a baton swirler is not easy. My hand-eye coordination and stamina must be at their peak. You humans are no different, but your bodies are pretty amazing. 
what you put. But that, that's kind of just typical of, and I, I, I think that came, came through. Um, it did, I could and, hear it well. Yeah, and that, that was the white icicle, um, the rad, radish, which, and, and all these, all these things, are, they're very different, each one of them. Um, so she was the baton twirler, but, uh, di- different characters. I, I like the, are all the, most of the, the trees are guys, is that right? Uh, yeah, most of the trees are guys. Um, the, the vegetables are a complete mix. Uh, we did, just as a side note on this, I worked with a company, I have to give them a little plug because they were really great to work with. Um, they're called Voices.com out of Canada, and they have a network of thousands of you know professional voice actors all over the world, essentially, that I was able to patch in through with their organization. And they really worked closely with me and gave me a good deal and, and really helped me. Very patient. You know, it was a long process, and we finally wrapped that all up just few months ago and uh they were really great to deal with but i got some amazing voice talent uh that is just really engaging for kids i mean my boys would i would actually a lot of times i'd get seven to ten you know demos for the different scripts and i'd say hey boys come in here listen to these which ones do you like and a lot of times we would we would pick the same ones you know so their their input was even taken for some of the voiceover quite a few of the voiceovers but that was that was that was one of my funner things was listening to the different uh you know voiceover and and these these folks really liked doing it i think cuz they realized what they were working on was something for kids that could really be impactful yeah and 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 you just point point the the phone it works on the book as well as the seed packets is that right that's correct yes once you've downloaded the free app at powerfulplants.net you just launch it on your device and then aim it at the pack of seed, the front of the pack of seeds, at the character. You always aim it at the character, the image, um, and then it just it'll start to play. It, it, it literally it comes to life from its position and goes into the whole. And then if you move it away, it stops. And you move it back, it starts up again. But you can you can move it around as long as it's in the view of the camera. It'll keep playing, and that's what really it, you know it's playing right on the pack in your hand. You can move it around; it's still playing. It, it's sort of mind-boggling for people that have never seen augmented reality before. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, I, found, I was a bit hooked on the first part of it. It was just kind of interesting, you know, how all these things interact. And we should say, um, the book is called Powerful Plants, The Carrot Napping. Where do they get that from? We have it uh, on our website. It's powerfulplants.net, and we have on there the books, the seed, the vegetable seed packs. Um, we even have a educator section for teachers. Uh, we found that fundraising is uh, something that looks to be very promising, uh, particularly with the seed packs uh, for school fairs, science nights, science night, book, book fairs, where they can make some really nice money for the school and create uh, you know something fun and educational for the kids to take home to grow at, at home. So that's something I'm really high on, are, are using the seed packs for, uh, for fundraisers. And, and how many seed packets did you say you had now? I have 36 different varieties, and we have some different, uh, like, starter sets. We have some different, you know, packages um, on the website. We could mostly people order. They pick and choose whatever they want uh, on at PowerfulPlants.net, and they just, you know, put it in the shopping cart, check out, and then we uh, we ship them, you know, right out here from from northeastern Pennsylvania. And, and I noticed on the the back of the, it doesn't doesn't actually tell you how to grow grow these. Do they um, tell tell you actually when you scan it or whatever? So how how do the kids know how to how to grow these things? That's a great question, Kate. Uh, some of the all the seed packs have some growing information on them. However, to fit everything into two and a half to three minutes, 
it's impossible to put all the details about growing in there. So what we have, and we continuously refer to this with the different characters, uh, the website has a tab. Uh, it says planning instructions at the top, and that has a, a grid with all the characters and exactly how to plan and grow them. But they get a pretty good sense of it from watching each of them, and then we follow it up with the, the, the nitty-gritty details on the website. Yeah, and and do you have any bad guys maybe that um, are coming out with more books? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got some more uh, that are definitely in the works. We've got uh, Wasteful Wally and Polluting Polly. Uh, those are two that will probably be coming. And, and we've got Mickey Microbe, who's a good guy who we've mentioned a couple times, but I think he's going to get introduced more formally in the next uh, uh, book. We've also I've been talking with someone who does a Seeds in Space program, and um, I'm hopeful that we're going to work together to, uh, you know, get that going. And so I think that that could be really fun. Uh, we may do a, a book at some point where the Powerful Plants characters head off into space. Maybe that'll be one of the TV, uh, you know, uh, shows on, on a, a series if we get picked up somewhere. So there's a lot of really neat things going on, um, you know, within the educational uh, arena, particularly right now, and uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. But I do think this is something I was really excited about getting in front of Master Gardeners because they touch a lot of people, and I think if they like what we have, uh, I think they would be really into uh, spreading the word. So. Uh, oh, yes. I was really and, excited about this opportunity and, to be on and, your and, program. And gardening with kids is, is a popular topic um, for, for lots of us to do. And, uh, you know, and I, I certainly think it's important to get kids into the garden and being able to grow healthy vegetables. Um, we, we, you're not get, getting into the things like the pollinators at this point, right? N- not just yet, but I think what one of the ideas that I do have as we move along would be uh, you know, kids, especially young boys, like sort of the battling element of things, you know, take on the bad guys. So we have that with the the bad humans, but we're also going to introduce some of the insects, I think, is something that I really would like to do as we move along. So we'll, we'll introduce the good ones and the bad ones, and we'll talk about how to identify them. And, and uh, you know, the plants will have to battle them. They'll work with Mickey Microbe to have stronger soils so they can resist a lot of these uh, diseases and pests better, which most people don't realize. But if the soil's really healthy, the plants are much, much stronger and thus can resist a lot more damage from insects and other invaders. So that's something that I think could be really, really fun and interesting and cool. Uh, I mean, plants themselves are really neat, but you bring in insects into the mix could be great. And certainly the pollinators would be... uh, on the good, the good guy side there, uh, and those would would get talked about. Yeah, and and the, so there's there's lots of basic education in in a lot of these these books. When when do you think the next one will be out? I don't know. I'm I'm taking a breath right now. Okay. I just finished the launching of the brand in the last couple months, and so we're really focused at the moment in just trying to get the word out and getting you know uh, into into the schools as an educational platform and maybe picked up by the media to sort of, you know, create a series around it. We just need to create awareness for the brand. I can only say that if anyone does take a look at this, I think you'll be really excited and and really pleased with the content and the quality of the art, the characters, the animation, and what we actually communicate to kids. Um, I've been around plants all my life. I'm 52. I have a farm, and I have twin nine-year-olds, and I packed everything I know into this 
and then some. I've done a lot of research, and it's not perfect, but I think it's pretty darn yeah. good. And, but you're and right. You're right. The, 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 vid- the videos are in there are very clear. A video, and I think it's great fun um, to 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 watch it. I think kids of, of uh, well, really from pro- probably about four through ten or twelve would be fascinated with. That, with that's right. That's exactly the wheelhouse of the age group. But I, and that's pretty amazing to be able to span that wide a gap. But it really does. And quite honestly, I was in. I gave some packs to my boys a couple of days a week. Stay at a place called Monkey Tail Gang. It's a it's a it's a nature center where there's an after school program. And you know the guy that runs that there is great. And I gave him a you know a, a several of the packs and a copy of the book just to see what he thought. And he said, I can't stop watching. <laughs> you know, so a lot of adults get really into into it. Yeah. And I think it's good. I, I, I'm just trying to create excitement and enthusiasm around plants and gardening and getting outside and that's what powerful plants is all about so yeah. uh, you know i think master gardeners are pollinators right and so if <laughs> well, they we, like we, this we hope so yeah but you know we're, we're pretty much at the end of the show al um i want to thank you for being here it's been a great show i love i love the book <laughs> well thank you so much kate it's you, really nice to hear yes okay folks that's all we've got time for today thank you for listening to the master gardener hour this morning we will be back next week with another show talking all about gardening and gardens Have a good gardening week, everyone, and join me back here next Saturday. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.